Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Alyssa Zander, who is a codependency and relationship coach, sharing guidance and tools that empower women in moving past pain, self-doubt, shame, and those familiar feelings of not being enough so that you can step into more confidence and self-trust. Alyssa is also the author of the book, Healing the Mother Wound with Mother Earth and host of the podcast, Codependency Alchemy. We have so much to talk about today, so let's dive right into this, Alyssa, and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am looking forward to connecting. I love just, I love podcast interviews. I think we get so much out of it, like everyone involved. So thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure for having you here. And I know you have your own podcast, so we'll get into that in a little while. But before we delve into your professional journey, can you describe your life to this point in one word? Messy, messy. (laughs) Messy, messy, messy. messy. <laughs> it's okay. <all> been messy. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell us more. We want to know more. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. The first, like the first thing that came to mind was like transformational, but I was like, no, it's been messy. <laughs> transformational. Oh. Yes. But messy. I'm, I'm just learning about my human design a little bit. And I've learned that I'm a six, two profile, which means that I kind of do things messy by trial and error. A lot of what gets me to where I'm at is by doing it wrong, making a lot of mistakes, learning from those mistakes and moving forward. And I used to like really get down on myself around like, why do I always do it the hard way? Like, why do I always have to learn things the most like messy, like tumultuous way ever? But now like that I'm coming into like, you know, my older age and and growing and just being more of an adult, I guess. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I did it all those messy ways because I'll never do it that way again. Like I've learned a lot and a lot of what I teach others is because I learned from the messy that I did in the majority of my life. Well, I love that because you're learning your process and your Mm -hmm. process is not the same as everybody else's. And that's very neurodiverse way of, you know, putting things. I mean, we're all so different and diverse. So why would we think that we have to learn the same way or have the same process, right? So I love that you tapped into that at a a very young age. And and yeah, it was messy, but that messy was good. So it, it taught you your process. So I love that. So let's talk about how your story has evolved, where you grew up, and what were some of your dreams growing up? Yeah, so I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in Oregon. And since this is an audio, like you can't see the color of my skin, but I am Mexican and I grew up in a predominantly like white town. Like I was one of maybe a handful of people of color in that town. And I don't think I realized until after I moved from where I grew up how much I had really 
put myself in a box and made myself small in order to just like be safe, in order to be accepted, in order to kind of like belong. I didn't realize how much I did that until I left. So a lot of what I've been unraveling in adulthood is how much my patterns of people pleasing and playing small and perceiving the needs of others just so that I can be safe was really because of the way that I grew up and the people that I was around. And, you know, I would say that that plays a huge role in in why I do what I do as well, because it's been a huge unraveling. And I think a lot of people feel really alone in that. And the more that I talk about it, the more people I meet who are like, oh, okay, I thought I was the only one. Oh, oh my gosh, that makes sense. Wow. I did that too. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. I love what you're doing and, and the evolution here because it's so important because it resonates with so many people. And I can tell you that it resonates with me as well. Again, people can't see me, but they know me because of this podcast. And yet I come from a very diverse background as well. So mm-hmm. my father was Filipino and Mexican and my mom was Armenian and European. Yeah. And so, you know, growing up, in California, and people think, oh, it's diverse, it's diverse. And I grew up in a small beach town off the coast in Santa Cruz. You still find your way to either make yourself smaller or, you know, survive in a sea of people that might not look the same as you, right? Mm-hmm. And so that feels very different. And so how do you do that and and thrive at the same time? And so I love this journey that you've gone through because it will resonate with quite a few people because we've been there and trying to find where you fit in can be mm-hmm. challenging sometimes. So let's talk about what the values are that you learned and cultivated throughout those years that led you to where you are today and a codependency and relationship coach and what that is and how you support others. Yeah. So when you say values, the first thing that comes to mind is like unconditional love, compassion, and grace. Like those three things are absolutely like non-negotiables when we're healing from codependency. And everything that I do comes back to those three main values. Am I offering myself compassion? Am I offering myself unconditional love? Am I offering myself grace? Because I'm going to mess it up sometimes. I'm going to like, I'm going to be messy. <laughs> we've we've confirmed this. It's, it's going to be messy sometimes. And can I hold those three things for myself? And the more that I'm able to hold those three things for myself, the more I'm able to hold it for others. Because when I hold unconditional love, compassion, and grace for myself, I allow myself to hold it for the deepest, darkest parts of me, right? The parts of me that have these dysfunctional patterns like overgiving and self-sacrificing and people-pleasing, which are all based on low self-worth and are kind of intrinsically and unconsciously, I will say, manipulative. So when you go into that, Again, what's most important, unconditional love, compassion, and grace, because this part of me who's going into those dysfunctional patterns is doing it because it thinks it's protecting me, right? There's a part of me who created those patterns and tendencies to keep me safe. And what I'm doing and unlearning and rewriting and what I'm helping other women rewrite is how to hold space, compassion, love, grace for those parts of us so we can rewrite them because they're not serving us anymore. 
Like that's where we're getting stuck. We're thinking those patterns are still serving us because so many of them are done unconsciously. That's why shadow work is super important. Everything I do is shadow work, inner child healing and somatic, Mm -hmm. um, somatic healing as well, because we have to get into like the root of why we're doing the thing that we're doing or conversely, why we aren't doing the thing that we know we should be doing or could be doing or want to be doing. I love it. And I really appreciate how you explain that because it's really a lot of times people say, yeah, we take it from surviving to thriving and yet we don't break that down. Yeah. We don't really put that in plain terms of what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've all been there to a certain degree of survival, but we each have, like you mentioned early on, Alyssa, our own process. So understanding that process, understanding both conscious and unconscious beliefs and conditioning, understanding how we were surviving and how we will go through more of a thriving state and what that looks like for each of us is really work. Yeah, That is work. You're opening a lot of different boxes and breaking that mold, breaking down those boxes, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't even realize that we're still functioning in that survival mode. Exactly. I love the work that you're doing, how you're doing it and how you're explaining it, because it absolutely will attach to many people because Mm -hmm. it's like, aha, she gets it. And Mm -hmm. it's not just me. It's not just you. There's many of us, right? But -hmm. how we experience that from our lens is very different. Yeah, And so that individual work, that group work that you do with people, loving it. Absolutely love it. So tell us more about your book, Healing the Mother Wound with Mother Earth. I'm going to go real woo for a second, if that's okay. all right. But um, yeah, when Healing the Mother Wound first dropped into like my world or even just my mind, it was through a meditation. And it was this very, very loud, like never never heard something so clearly like your mission is to heal the mother wound in this lifetime. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like I had never heard that term before. I didn't know what it meant. Um, Me personally, even though I experienced abuse and trauma in my childhood, I still actually have a good relationship, like a great relationship with my mom. So when I heard mother wound, I was like, I know we've had some stuff in the past, but like I have a really great thriving relationship with her. And and it was through really exploring what is the mother wound for me? Like what is coming through me? And what is it that I need to communicate and get out into the world for us to see this in a way that makes sense? And it was that the mother wound is, is when we it's directly linked to codependency. It's when we place our worth or good feelings about ourselves on someone or something outside of this. And it isn't actually necessarily personal to my mother, right? But the, the mothers, generations of mothers that came before us who were isolated, who had to stay quiet, who couldn't speak their truth out of fear and out of safety for themselves. And so many of us carry that, right? Because we were created actually in our grandmother's wombs. So what our grandmothers experienced in their lifetime was likely passed down to us and we're holding it. So it doesn't have to be personal. It can be like collectively, right? You look at the mother archetype and and you see, oh, we're supposed to 
be self-sacrificing. We're supposed to give everything to our children. We're not supposed to take care of them or we're not supposed to take care of us, excuse me, first. We have to take care of them first. And you have a generation of mothers, like multiple generations of mothers who feel resentful, who feel alone, who don't know who they are anymore and have that depression, you know, that comes with that of feeling alone. And when healing the mother wound dropped in, I started writing and I've been a writer ever since I was a teenager. It was the only thing that got me through, you know, the darkest of times and it came with mother earth too. So it's like, what I heard was be out in nature, listen to the trees, listen to the plants, listen to the flowers, listen to the river, listen to the ocean. And whatever came through when I was communing with nature, I just wrote. So in the book, there's a combination of my own personal writings that I wrote in like some of the deepest, darkest times in my life and some writings that I felt like were channeled, if you will, from Mother Earth. And those are in italics in the book. And they feel like this salve, you know, they feel like this like blanket being wrapped around you. Like it feels like you're reading something that you've always known to be true, but you forgot. Yeah. Well, that is so interesting. And what a great book and what a great journey. It's almost as if you're, you're, unconscious was speaking to you saying, this is your path. And I need to shout it loud at you because you need to hear this right now, right? Mm -hmm. This is so important. And so during that process of writing that book, did you find it was healing? Oh my God. It's still healing me. You know, when I heard it loud and clear was actually back in 2020 and I ignored it. Mm. (laughs) I was like, I was like, this isn't for me. You know, I saw myself like on a stage and sharing my poetry and sharing the book and it being, you know, bestseller. And I was like, that's not for me. Right. What we go into what we do where it's like, oh, that's too big of a dream for me. That wouldn't work for me. I'm just me. And so it actually just... I say it like this, it sat on the shelf in my heart space and just collected dust. I had the thought, but I ignored it. And then a year later, it kind of like tickled me again and was like, hey, remember this idea for this book? Ignored it again. And it was last year, almost exactly to the day. It was September 18th. It was like not quiet anymore. It wasn't a poke. It was like, you write this or we give it to someone else. Like, that's what I heard. And I was like, no, don't give it to someone else. <laughs> I want it. Now, it, like, it knew exactly how to get me. To yeah. Move. Well, I'm going to put on my clinical hat here for a second. Please do. Be- okay. Because it's dated in regards to there's a date that you put on this. There's a date every year that you heard this message. Is there something on this date that happened that maybe is something in your history? That's something, have you ever thought about that? That's triggering you at this time to say, hmm, there needs to be some change or I want to make some change, but I'm not listening to that inner voice. Yeah. I I mean, I know that like every April, there's always something big. September, I don't know if it's as much. It is my partner's birthday. Like it's mm-hmm. literally on the day. So I don't know if that's yeah. a really great question. It's something to, something to think about for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm thinking it's coming up at the same time every year. What's the trigger? 
what's that inner voice? Where is it coming from? Where, why this time? Right. And yet you've ignored it. And now as of last year, you're like, aha, I'm no longer ignoring it. You were loud, Mm -hmm. you were clear. And Mm -hmm. here I'm going to go forward with this. So this is exciting. You know, sometimes I give talks about how the woo woo matters. It really Mm -hmm. matters. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said you're getting woo-woo. Well, yeah. that matters. And yeah. I think a lot of times we push through the woo-woo or we ignore it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, no, sometimes it's going to be loud and clear and saying, no, don't ignore me anymore. Yeah. We need to embrace this. We mm-hmm. need to work through this. And so you mentioned a lot of things here in regards to the historical references of women, yeah. you know, of it's historical trauma. Yeah. What we've experienced as women throughout history. I mean, if we date back just until the 50s, the 60s, being able to vote, being able to have a credit card, being able to have your own checking account. I mean, those are just things that we couldn't do as women. We were restricted. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, it was breaking the glass ceiling and being invited to the table. I mean, so all this conditioning all the stuff that was set just as decades ago, not even centuries ago, but decades ago still. And yet we're still talking about it today. And yet we're getting closer to the point where we're more open. We're addressing these issues. We're not putting them aside as much, but yet we still need to talk about them. And so I love that you're doing this through healing the mother wound with mother earth, as well as with your podcast, Codependency Alchemy. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's important to note that like I come from a matriarch of women. I am super grateful that I have my great-grandmother still alive. My grandmother is still alive. My mom's still alive. You know, they were very young. So, I mean, my great-grandma now just turned 90, but I've gotten to listen to their stories, right? So it's really, it was really easy for me to weave that thread through the stories that have carried through the generations of my family and start to talk about them because I was able to see it in in their shares, right? And how they experience the world around them. And so I created Codependency Alchemy, the podcast, because it started as a group, you know, it started as a membership and I held space for women. Um, we join every month online. And I was just like, I want, like, everyone deserves this medicine. Everyone, everyone who's desiring to learn more about codependency and how to heal it in their lives deserves this. It's like, it's all of our birthright. And so the podcast, it's, it was the top thing on my board vision board for this year. I didn't want to write it, everything in me, go back to the woo and like, you know, unconscious tapping things in. I was like, no, 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 podcast is not for me. I put it off for so long, but April, speaking of April, because that's when things move for me for whatever reason, I just, I recorded a bunch of episodes in one day and I was like, I'm just going to do it. It was the hardest thing I've probably done in my business actually to this day because it is vulnerable. It is so vulnerable, especially because this podcast, I'm talking about myself and the effed up stuff that I'm doing, you know? So it is really vulnerable. I'm talking about the ways that I've manipulated my partner. I've talked about the ways that I've left relationships to seek validation outside of myself. I'm talking about the conversations I'm having with family and, and boundaries that I've had to set and how I become triggered. It's very vulnerable. You feel exposed, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
just having a public voice and yeah. putting your voice out there. Is, <laughs> yeah. And I have to tell you, I feel the same way when I started Core Women. I always say I had no idea what I was doing. I was nervous because of the technical aspects, but I was also nervous because I'm putting myself out there and that is a vulnerable yeah. space to be. Oh yeah. When so. people tag me on Instagram and their stories and they're listening to it in their car, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be sick. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm just in somebody's car talking to them. It's, it's wild. It's wild yeah. to think about. I think it's so exciting though. I really do. And you've given so much to community in a in the way of coaching, a book, a podcast. Thank you so much for being on here. As we do come to the close of this interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with one tip to support their journey, what would it be? I'm going to leave the listeners with something that I've been playing with this last month of my life. And it's this question. If you knew that everything was working out for you, who would you be? today? What would you do today? If you knew that everything was already like, it was already working out. It was already making its way to you. It already happened. And, and all you have to do is be present for it to come. Like who would I be? And what would I do right now? If I knew that and believed it and actually surrendered to that, it has really been a beautiful exploration for me this last month, because it reminds me that everything that I'm waiting for waiting to happen like I actually have right now in in a different way maybe it looks different but it feels how I desire to feel and so that's that's what I would leave leave people with because I think we can get so hooked on the future and waiting for something to come and pushing it and longing for it that we we lose sight of being in the joy and the magic and how much it is already here for us right now Mm. I love that. Thank you, Alyssa, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. You can follow Alyssa Zander on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, and you can find her podcast on most podcast platforms. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a Core Women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.